welcome to the Nerd Party. at home and welcome to Second Contact, a Lower Decks commentary podcast. My name is Charlene Schmidt and with me as always is Tristan Riddell. Tristan Riddell, we are on episode nine of Lower Decks. We are marching our way to the finale. Can you believe this? I'm shaking with 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 low level depression. I just I, <laughs> I can't handle it. Oh no I this mean ne- we it, you know what? It has gone by way too fast. I've been saying this the whole season, and we don't know when we're getting season three just yet, right? We know that they've been working on it, but to think about another year is going to go by until we get more lower decks. No, I, I want more. I, this is so good. I know. I'm pretty sure we've talked about this before, but I wish that more shows, like when when shows have a limited ten episode season that they would do it not once a week but once a month and just continually work i think we talked about that off camera you and i yeah oh, oh did we talk about it off camera yeah i, I think want this so th- <laughs> or, or off off Bef- mic yeah um, yeah i, I want to do that i would love it if people would do that because there was a rumor that rick and morty was going to do that because they take famously long breaks ah yeah and i would like lord i just think it would really work that would be really interesting. And then it would be almost like an event once a month. Like you could really hype it up. You know what I mean? You could really hype it up. And also for Paramount Plus, it's a way to string along subscribers a little bit. <laughs> right? There you go. You don't have to necessarily give a Star Trek every week, although it's really awesome and that they're doing that. But if they did want to stretch it out a little bit, that would keep the money flowing into Gap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we know we know. Well, we don't know, but I always assume that McMahon listens to our show. So hopefully, Gosh, he's hope listening. So. You know, and then maybe he can, <laughs> you know, yeah, talk maybe to the powers can, that be. He's got that power. So <laughs> who knows if we if we see that this happens, then we'll kind of know. Yeah, he's listening to the show. That's so cool. And if you're out there, hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, with this with this commentary. Because uh, this, as you said, this is season two, episode nine. I don't know how to pronounce it. Is it? I don't either. Is I it ha- way, way do like wage douche? Wage douche. Okay. I think I'm gonna take a stab that at more it. Klingon. I'm, it, I'm gonna slaughter this probably with my lack of Klingon. We need Mary Chifo to set the record straight here because she's really good there at her go. Klingon. But I'm thinking it's like way douche. There you go. I, that sounds better. That sounds better. It's, it's, it's at least got some Klingon punch. <laughs> But don't quote me that that's accurate. There's an interesting little factoid about this episode title, by the way, before we even get started. It is the first Star Trek episode to begin an episode title with a lowercase letter. And also, I'm pretty sure, uh, the only episode title to be shown on screen in a different language. In like a, an alien language, I should say. Could be. I think it is. Yeah. How cool is that? So we immediately cool. know we're getting some Klingon stuff which definitely corresponds with the TV 14 violence rating for this week. No sexual stuff. We are choosing violence this week. <laughs> this is America, by the way. So let's go ahead it's and do it. Klingon. Let's do this. So if this is your very first time joining us for uh, our commentary podcast, what we do is we open up the episode, go past the TV 14 screen, and then you pause it. 
with the black screen. We will give you a countdown. Three, two, one, play. You hit play along with us and watch along. Or if you're just driving around, we're hoping that you remember the episode and can correspond our thoughts with the episode and have a good time with that too. So with that said, are you ready? I am so ready. Let's go. Three, two, one, play. All right. So right off the bat, we're getting straight to the intro titles. We're not doing a teaser this week. This is the second time we've done this this season. I don't like it. You don't like it? Does it feel weird to you? I, it does. It does feel, it feels strange to me. I know that like, yeah. during the streaming era, because sometimes Picard did this, sometimes Discovery did this. And this is, we, you know, we've seen this before with Lower Decks. I don't know. It just, I love the cold open tradition of shows. I, I really do. It just, that, that cold open, the teaser just kind of draws you in. It and does. And it excites you to move forward. Yeah, I think I'm in line with you. This time it felt a little uncomfortable and I feel like it should be used sparingly. By the way, a Klingon ship got destroyed in the titles this week. That's new. Jeez, I never notice the difference on <laughs> in the opening titles. I usually always skip these. I almost hypervigilantly look for things that aren't even there. Like, is that different? Is that new? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So this week, I don't know. Maybe I am a fan like you of the cutesy cold open and felt like maybe this episode should have had it. But okay, the titles are done. We're now we're jumping into the episode. Let's go. Here we go. We got Klingonese up top there. Yes. This means three ships. It means three ships? Yes. I had to look that up. I oh, consulted Memory I Alpha, and that. that's what they said. Yes. Very cool. Now, are they eating breakfast? Because <laughs> Rutherford's choice is my particular favorite of a burrito and a cupcake. <laughs> a, a purple cupcake, no less. Yes. Meanwhile, Boims has the bland oatmeal type stuff and a cup of coffee, which that made me think it was breakfast, but then Mariner's eating nachos. I don't know. I wonder, this kind of makes you, I know that they do have a schedule on the ship, but it makes you wonder, like, it, it has to be a whole lot easier to do, like, second shift or third shift on a starship. You would think, you right? Know? Because what is your concept of day and night on a ship? Right. Yeah. I know that sometimes in TNG, we would see data, <laughs> and they're like, begin the night shift, and it would dim the lights. And I'm like, <laughs> why? What? what? Why? Who's that for? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure. Is it for people who like working nights and they need that night mode? Sort of like how you can toggle between light and dark mode in your computer and your devices now? Right. Yes. Now, what do you think about the big titles here as we get throughout the episodes? Lower decks. It's it's very modern. Like, it's very... <laughs> It's it's very popular to do that over the past five years, I think, to have like mm. gigantic titles. We've seen Marvel do it. We saw Mindhunters do it. Um, we saw, yeah, we, I think we saw a few other shows. So do it's it a trend. Just, okay. It's a trend, yeah. Good to know. I love that the Klingon ship has hammocks for its lower decks. <laughs> that is an amazing <laughs> They're sleeping detail. in a hallway too. Yes. So good. This is Can't when I lost it. it officially with this episode, uh, where where I belly laughed already. And I thought like, that we were in. only going to see the Klingons. Like, mm. we, like when we got when we got to this section, I was just like, oh, it's, it's it's just a Klingon episode today. If I had gone to Memory Alpha and looked up the definition of what the episode title means, I would have thought 
like I would have realized that we were going to get more, but we do cut pretty quickly to the Vulcan ship now, which tells you, okay, we're round robining a little bit and I'm here for it. So I wanted to see where the Vulcans sleep if they slept in a hallway too. <laughs> Why didn't we get that? We need that thematic consistency here. Come on. <laughs> this was, this, this was a hilarious section to me. Like it I shouldn't say hilarious. That's a little bit overkill, but just the whole like you you're you've clearly gone out of control. You know, like just right. like when, in that very says, monotone like, voice. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I love our character Talyn here, who looks like Valeris. I think that is intentional and we have not seen the last of her. That's my theory. Well, I mean, at the end of the show, they say that she's transferring to another yes. ship. Could it be the Cerrito? So like maybe we'll maybe, maybe we're gonna see her at the very end of the last episode. Who knows where she's going to go, but I don't think this is the last of her. And I'm kind of excited about that because the Valeris headband choice is, that's very deliberate in my opinion. What does it mean? I also like that we got to see another blonde Vulcan. Yes, this does not happen very often. Well, I guess you can't really say it's blonde. I guess it's just a light brown. Kind of, well, yeah. Still, it's not a black and bowl cut. And once again, we're seeing... 24th century era or i should say 90s 80s and 90s era um klingons yes indeed we've got the forehead ridges and later and on there's like a skeleton like a klingon skeleton head yeah with rich with ridges that's pretty cool now we're seeing the pink blood that's right the peptidismal that blood that was established in undiscovered country oh yeah but then ds9 ignored that <laughs> and continued with red blood. And then in Discovery, we saw a scene, a fight scene where there was Klingons with pink blood and also Klingons with red blood. Right. Trying to retcon the whole thing where maybe yeah. Klingons from different regions have different colored blood. Who's to say? Yeah. I appreciated that that Discovery did that. I thought that was cool. I think so too. Now, if they only did that with the head designs. <laughs> <laughs> Right. What is this thing? This drink that Boimler is giving Kishan? Oh it looks gosh, gross. It looks like it looks like vomit. <laughs> it looks kind of like crushed up jalapenos or something. Ew. Yeah. I love jalapenos, but I wouldn't want to drink them. Now, this art so, class, whatever it is, reminds me of TNG type things. Oh, this is very TNG. And, yes. Yeah. Yeah, this is Very just TNG. calling back to that. It's so great. And I love the way this is therapeutic to Shax. I'm going to make an ashtray for my incense. <laughs> Showing the spiritual side of Shax. Shax, yes, yes. Initially, when he said ashtray, I thought, what? Nobody really smokes in the 24th century. Oh, for incense. Right, of course. That was my favorite line of the entire episode was fighting fascism is a full-time job. <laughs> you know what? That needs to be a t-shirt, a bumper sticker. I want the whole thing. It's so true. Like uh, um, a minimalistic outline of Shax's head where you see the scar and the earring. Yeah. Oh, that would be sweet. Star Any artists who are listening, make that happen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Somebody, anybody, please take my money. So I don't like that all the weapons had blood on them. That's horrible for the weapons. <laughs> well, 
Well, you know what it makes me think of is, you know how in the mirror universe, everybody is just out to get everybody and like five people die every time we see the mirror universe. How does anybody make it to being alive even to that point <laughs> at that rate? And it's kind of the same thing with Klingon ships. Like everybody's just out to kill everybody and stab each other. Eventually you'd run out of people to stab. It's true. I, yeah, that was one thing I've always hated in movies, like to show that the bad guy's a real bad guy who shoots his own men. Mm-hmm. I'm like, come on. Like, how often is that <laughs> going to happen? Is that really a good motivator? I don't know. But to be fair, the Klingons are not my favorite alien species in the Star Trek world, just because I do feel it is a little too monocultural ish in that sense. Everything is I- about honor. Yeah, I do agree with that. But at the same time, I do like that we've tried to address that over the years. True. Where there have been people, there have been people like the lawyer in Enterprise, where he says, right. he's, like, he's like, yeah, you know, no, nobody respects this. But I mean, you're right. It doesn't take away from the fact that 99% of the time we see that monoculture. Sure. And we get to see go climb a rock. Yes. So great. Such a. The yeah. Star Trek V holodeck playset. I love it so much. I would do this hard. Like I, I would do this all the time. Like, you get that go climb boots. a rock shirt and oh my climb gosh, it. yes. One of my favorite but most interest like intrigued by details is the fact that Dr. Ta'ana is not wearing boots. Now she's a cat, she yeah. has her claws. I'm assuming she's gripping with that. But on a rock, is that really going to help her that much? If she were climbing a I tree, lo- yes. I love that Ta'ana was like is the opposite of McCoy in this in this way because during the movie <laughs> McCoy was losing it like he's like he's totally he's like, oh my gosh like, he's like you're like you know playing with life or, or something like that or right playing games the, with the, life the, the line. there you go playing games with life um, yes but then Ta'ana's just like oh, I don't know if the safety protocols are on whatever yeah whatever does not care she knows that she's a cat and she will land on her feet she's fine is now, this the first time. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, we'll actually, we'll, we'll get to that real quick because that okay. shirt is awesome. But is this the first time a period is mentioned or menstrual cramps is mentioned Ooh. in Star Trek? Probably in terms of directly addressing that that is a thing that happens. Yeah. I, I think I it like is. I like that. I think that's a good context, yeah. too. Of Your superior officers need to know of any possible conditions that could affect your performance. <laughs> And then she comes at her with uh, talking about her hot flashes. Yes. Yeah, it's a real thing, man. Hormones are a biatch. They do affect now, you I, in minor ways. When I was watching this, um, and they all said that they were from Hawaii, I was mm-hmm. like, really? You couldn't have animated a native Hawaiian in this scene? Like, you couldn't get one person from Hawaii? But then you find out at the end of the episode, of course. I thought the same exact thing. none of thing. them are from Hawaii. Right. Yes. But initially, I was on board with you with that where, really? Come on, guys. Oh. <laughs> like, on. Oh, that makes sense. Yes. But you were talking about the merch, the, the Ritos. The Ritos shirt. Yes. I'm, I have not gone on Twitter yet, but Mike McMahon has said that if we all collectively like this episode in Trek Twitter, that that shirt will become a merch item. So let's make yeah. it happen, people. <laughs> I want it. We know, we know it's going to happen. <laughs> It better. I don't think he would tease that. It better at and this then, point. And then take it away. Well, I, think I did. He... I did love that he said he's like his. He put it in all caps. He's like, if you don't like the episode, you get nothing. Yes, kind of corresponding to a little bit of the the Trek Twitter you know, haters out there. Just oh, well, I'm sure you got themselves. plenty of that from Boimler's uh, crotch shot. Just uh, exactly. 
That's what people were complaining about. <laughs> you know what's been great? That was all the parodies of that. Yes. The variations. I thoroughly enjoy all of it. Thank you, Trek Internet, <laughs> for your service. I do. Am, I am very interested in this Vulcan. I want to know why she's the way that she is. Right? Yeah. So I'm glad that we're going to see her again. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know what she's up to in the next episode. Big time. Now, I did wonder I love, for uh, a little Vulcan while. Vulcan cattiness. Oh, go for so it. So for real, definite Vulcan cattiness. They say horrific things to one another, but in a very calm and almost monotone type of voice. So this Vulcan she's talking with reminds me a lot of T'Pol in terms of her voice. And I almost thought, is this Jolene Blaylock voicing another Vulcan? Had to look at the credits. No, not the case. That would have been awesome. It would have been awesome. I was really hoping for it. I'm surprised that we haven't seen more guest stars like on the holodeck because they do so much. Mm. They do so many holodeck references to um, previous tracks and episodes and everything like that. I'm surprised that we haven't gotten like a Michael Dorn or. um, Oh, but we might, you know, like Jolene Blaylock, you know, like something like that. Sure. Now, in terms of speaking of voice actors, we do have one notable name in our credits. At least I recognize Robin Atkin Downs plays the older Klingon. He started as an actor. He was on Babylon 5, and he does lots of voice work, especially for video games. And he's in this episode. Oh. Yeah. I thought I thought I recognized a few voices. There, there's a few times. I, I feel like I recognize at least one voice per episode. Yeah. That, um, that isn't necessarily famous, but like maybe a famous voiceover artist. Certainly. So there's that skull you're talking about. It looks kind of big, right? It's pretty big. Yes, this person had a really big head. So, okay, this is who I thought. One of the Vulcans was played by Mark Evan Jackson. Okay. And uh, he was on The Good Place. And I think he was most known for being Captain Holt's husband on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, okay. That's a fairly recent show. I have not watched it. Is it still going? Uh, no, it just finished. Ah, okay, okay. But everyone is listening. You should give it a shot because it's a very feel-good show. I've heard it's very good. It's it is very good. So I really like this plot. I like that this lower decker saves the day. <laughs> yeah, it, it's and well, it's got the Klingon line of succession. He becomes the commander later on. But it is interesting me. to think that. Even oh, even an ensign can become the, yeah. <laughs> well, the he gets captain promoted. in a matter of days. This is really quick. He's going from lowly lower decker to second in command to captain all in one episode. Man, this is faster than Captain Kirk in the Abrams verse. That's right. <laughs> now, we haven't seen it yet, but one of my favorite things about this Klingon ship is that they have the, instead of red alert, it's the red alarm. <laughs> And the way that said red alarm, red alarm, almost as if like, I'm so tired of saying this. This is like every 20 minutes. You know what I mean? Oh, I, I think you even did it more annoyed than it, than it was. I think it was, (laughs) it was more like red alarm, red alarm. So bored (laughs) again. (laughs) Yeah. And I love the, what was the, what, what did they name the ship? The chunk ship or the, the. Oh shoot. I don't uh, know. We'll see it later, but no. 
It was it was something like that. I love the name of the Packlid ship. Like we'll I think it'll pop up. Isn't it just Packlid? I don't remember. No, no, yeah, but it's called Packlid, but they they talk about the type of ship that it is, and it's a ridiculous name. Oh, I'm just blanking okay. Right Let's look out for that then. Now it's kind of cute. Mariner and Freeman, they are just kind of snipping at each other, but enjoying their time together nevertheless in this episode. Where it, I don't know, it's very mother daughter, I think, for a lot of relationships. Yes. And as we've, as we talked about last week and the week before, we have these little moments that keep popping up that kind of show that they're bridging the gap every once in a while. Every so little bit. Right. And they do genuinely love each other. Right. Now, I think we might have missed the name of the ship. I think we were oh, shoot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Too busy doing commentary. <laughs> There's the red now, alarm. The, <laughs> now, the, the Klingon captain had a communicator that looked like a T, like a TOS movie era communicator. And I'm like, really? <laughs> they haven't like Maybe gone he's past on, that? Like, <laughs> here's the theory. He's on a really old bird of prey. And mm. it's maybe because he's a little bit of a rogue, frustrated captain who wants to take matters into his own hands. They're not giving him the best technology because they don't trust him worth a darn. That was the first officer. He's the first officer oh, is the, now the captain. So. Oh, but I mean. That doesn't work. Uh, well, dude, my Mai Tai. <laughs> this is one of my favorite scenes in all of Lower Decks, by the way. Everybody in all of their costumes running out. Oh my gosh, there's so much to look at in those, what, three seconds? And we also saw, um, we saw a man in an Elizabethan dress. Yes. And it makes me wonder if they were doing Shakespeare because as many of us know, back in the day, Shakespeare, like if there was a female role, it was played by a man. Yes, it very well could be. Or maybe he just likes wearing dresses. I don't know. You never know. Or maybe it's just, yeah, they're trying to be true to the character, the the period. Who knows? Nevertheless, it's really fun to see the vast variety that you get in just one little split second. My favorite, though, is the Beverly and Deanna exercise cosplay. (laughs) I don't know if they're coming from the gym or the holodeck, but either way. Now, did we know that Boimler was from Modesto? No, I think that's new information. Now, what about Ransom being from the moon? Have we heard that before? No. Okay. So that's interesting. <laughs> I like that we get different body types with his character on the left. Like, it's nice. Variety is good. Know. Yes, in contrast to Ransom and his really ripped abs. Like she's she's a she's a much more average body type than like, Yeah. The, yeah. the stick that is Mariner and Cindy. <laughs> uh, right. We don't have an itty bitty waste going on. And you know what? That's refreshing. Thank you. Not everybody is. I thought that this um, action scene, this was really well done. Like cutting between, like once the Vulcans come in, like cutting in between the three and the, the three ships. And then of course the Packard ship um, all together. I thought this flowed really well. Like it kept your attention. It was good action. Oh, yeah. And yeah. And I love the lighting in the Klingon ship. It is. It's complete battle mode, isn't it? Yeah. It's I think good lighting stuff. and animation. Clump, clump ship. ship. That's the C. There it is. Clump ship. Clump ship. <laughs> Such an appropriate name. That's so funny. <laughs> you got to love that they're just talking about I'm hungry in the middle of a battle. Okay, guys, <laughs> where is this it's all amazing, really leading? I... I can't wait to find out next week. 
well, we see, we've seen how stupid like the leaders of Packlet are. Just imagine what their lower deckers are like. Yes, indeed. We have a glimpse now. So this ship is huge compared to the Cerritos. The Vulcan ship? Like the Vulcan ship, yeah. Yeah, and it's not just the ring around it either. Just by scale, like size and scale, absolutely. It's a big ship. It always makes me makes you wonder because you know we know that like when uh, how do i phrase like when a planet becomes a member of the federation they absorb their military their militia their science wing and everything like that into starfleet yes we know that from their plans for bajor and now vulcan was a founding member of the federation so i'm wondering if they're like no we're keeping our own science vessels like you guys like Starfleet's going to be separate from us. They must have made some sort of negotiation, right? Because then otherwise, why are there just all Vulcan vessels? I yeah. I don't completely get it, like, but it's a thing for them. It, and also, like, but you know that there has to be some sort of uh, collaboration, like close collaboration, because this captain of a, of a Vulcan science vessel is able to transfer one of his people to a Starfleet vessel. Yeah. Again, they've got some sort of agreement. We just don't know the details. Yeah. This is the kind of stuff that I love about Star Trek. Like when we get <laughs> really nerdy. <laughs> you know, maybe we'll get more explanation next episode when we see where she's transferred. I don't know. I think, I don't care how this sounds. I love window cleavage in. Window <laughs> in cleavage? It's. Yeah. Oh, oh, I thought you meant actual windows. My brain is not <laughs> going to the right places. <laughs> yeah, it's a signature Klingon fashion statement. Very Lursa and Bator. Very much. Maybe they were the pioneers of that. At least for <laughs> us as an audience. So he just straight up ram him through, ran him through. Totally. And Indeed I like he did. I don't think I've ever really seen that too terribly much before. Like when he went through his chest, he didn't go through this cape. So it poked the cape out a little bit, but didn't break the fabric. That was a nice little touch. That was. That's really good attention to detail. I'm so glad you pointed that out too, because I didn't notice that the first time I watched. This is one thing I really appreciated too, that they they were all on shore leave. They were all just doing their fun things and they ran to the bridge in their outfits. Yes. So many times in Star Trek, we'll see somebody on the holodeck full of Elizabethan gear, you know, like (laughs) 15 layers. And then five seconds later, they're on the bridge in their uniform. And I'm like, you took the time during an emergency to To change, take take that off and change Go to the bridge. Right? Just, no one cares you, what you're wearing. You don't have time to go to your quarters and get into your uniform. Just go. Now, I do wonder, <laughs> what was Jennifer doing in her hollow program? It looks like maybe she was skiing in, I don't know, the Alps or in Aspen or something. That's going to be my guess. Is that yeah. Jennifer? Jennifer's the... I'm pretty um, sure. Isn't that Jennifer? No, Jennifer is the Andorian. Oh, duh. Whoopsie. So who's this? <laughs> What, this is the I think Rutherford had a date with her, so I can't remember her name. But oh we ha- yeah, we do you know are her right. Name. Glad you're on top of this. I'm forgetting everything. <laughs> wow. I only remember because of the spots. Now, is it just me, or is that a really long pause for commercial that we just had? That, what? Yes, that was like both you and I didn't say anything because we're like, wait, what? I thought. What's going on? <laughs> 
I thought the video was screwing up on me because that happened to me earlier today. Paramount Plus was dropping the ball on me. I thought, oh, no, not again. Yeah, this was, and see, like, right there, like, on the pad, you can see a Starfleet insignia. You see the Delta ship. Yeah. But it's interesting because you don't see all, all like, Beta Z ships or uh, mm-hmm. all Andorian ships necessarily, you know, as far as, like, a full Starfleet crew. I now, feel if they're like, out there, we need yeah. to see them. I would like to see them. But, but yeah, yeah, like one one time in Deep Space Nine, we had it, it was a Starfleet vessel with an all Vulcan crew. Well, how yeah, on earth is that legal? Like it's Vulcan snobbery, <laughs> I tell you. That that is hardcore racist. Like, <laughs> there's no way that they could. I just don't, I hate that they included just, that in Deep Space Nine. Just, well, they were jerks. They were absolute jerks. I don't think Starfleet would ever allow that. Okay, so we see black, like gray and black outfits in the back. So uh-huh. are they crewmen? Like, That's a I'm really not seeing good any question. rake insignia, and we haven't seen these types of outfits before. So, not are they here, no. cadets? Are, like, are they cadets on assignment? Are they crewmen? Are they? Yeah, maybe because like, he seems pretty young. Like, yeah, the, it very Wesley Crusher vibes. Yeah, so it makes me wonder. Like, is he is he an enlisted man? You know, yeah. I, I don't know. I I want to find out. I don't out. know. I'd like to know more about this. Absolutely. And maybe we will because it seems like Boims is going to mentor this young guy that he was just talking to. Yeah, now, I mean, we better. The show's and, not I mean, over, <laughs> by the way. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> we're rolling credits, but we're now on the lower decks of the Borg Cube. I thought this was a great touch, but at any moment I was expecting something to happen. I was too, and it made me watch the entire time. <laughs> Which I guess is the whole idea, isn't it? Very clever. You got us. Because, yeah, so Borgs great. are inactive drones until they're not. Yeah, I thought that was a really great touch. Really funny. And it just kind of makes you makes you chuckle as the episode 100%. Um, goes. Now, I enjoyed this episode more watching it with you and talking about it than I did the first time. Oh, did you? Well, I'll yeah. take that as a huge compliment for starters. <laughs> I so, thought it was fine. I thought it was okay. Like I was, I thought there was a lot of good parts, but I wasn't like. It was another not laugh out loud episode. Hmm. I, in my opinion, I think I liked it a little better than you then, because there were moments where I completely lost it and laughed out loud for a long time, especially early on when we're getting to know the lower decks on each of the ships. Just the way that that's presented, it, it I loved it. it. It got me. But then as we go on, it is much more about telling the story. And we've got to get some plot points taken through here. Now, overall, though, I don't think this is bad. I love just the organic way we get so many references in Lower Decks fashion in this episode. They do a really freaking good job with it. But I do feel like this is just the lead in. This is the, the prelude to whatever explosive season finale we get next Thursday. Yeah, I'm really intrigued on what's going to happen. I'm hoping to end with a bang like we did with the pre- with the previous season finale, and I'm pretty yeah. sure we will. So I'm uh, I have no I idea what's so coming, too. but I'm yeah. excited. And before we go, one thing that we didn't really talk much about that I would love to talk about is how basically the whole ransom and boims and the whole I'm not from Hawaii thing totally makes me think about Lower Decks, the episode on TNG, and what was that guy's name, Lavelle, trying to bond with Riker over hmm. like, oh yeah, you know, I'm from Canada and it turns out Riker's from Alaska. He screws up. 
but it's that kind of a theme. They're trying yeah, to bond that, over that sort of thing. That yes, that feels yeah, that's that very very astute. I think that's definitely what they were going for. Yeah, very cool. All right, any other final thoughts? Nope, I think we're good. I think that was a that was a fun episode. Uh, not laugh out loud for me, but definitely enjoyed it more the second time. Okay, cool. Maybe it's something that'll grow and on on you and maybe I don't know if other members of the audience feel the same way or if they feel the way I do or maybe are enjoying it a little more. We'll have to get on Twitter and find out. <laughs> what is the reaction this week, guys? <laughs> All right. Well, if you enjoyed this episode, please let us know. You can send us messages. Go to thenerdparty.com slash contact and select second contact from the menu. And we love love letters. We really do. So if you want to do that, that's how you do that. Or you can hit us up on Twitter. You can tweet at join nerd party or me personally. I'm at Oh the Profanity and Tristan, where can they find you? You can find me at the insane Robin on Twitter. So we look forward to hearing you. And if not, well, that's okay. Cause we'll join you again next week. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.